Crimson Sky Media. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Crimson Sky Media Podcast. This is your host, Kenneth Edwards, otherwise known as Kenny, coming to you from Raleigh, North Carolina. Yes, that is right. I finally made it all the way across the country from Chandler, Arizona, out to Raleigh, North Carolina, literally a a cross-country trip, um, which was lovely. I'll talk about that in a moment, Uh, and I'm happy to be back. Uh, Now, as I mentioned in in some of the older episodes, I don't know if you're an avid listener or you just tuned in or or what may be the case there, but uh, I did do a big trip from from Arizona to North Carolina. Um, Long story short, always wanted to move there. I'm tired of the desert, tired of 115 degrees for basically a month straight. Hottest summer on record, literally. Uh, And of course, it being my last summer, I wouldn't expect it to be any other way. Um, So, yep, we we moved all the way out here. It's really nice, um, but a lot of stuff has gone on during that process. And because I was so busy uh, and also packing things up and figuring things out, Um, I was unable to really do episodes. Now, a smarter man would have probably recorded episodes in advance, uh, but not not much to talk about with stuff that's not announced yet, really, so it wasn't that easy to do, and I just decided that maybe a little break would be good, get a little refresher, and then come back strong uh, with a a new series of episodes. So maybe that's something that we'll look into is maybe doing seasons or something, but... uh, Regardless, the breaks would never be too long, and in this case, I felt bad even going a week without doing an episode. Um, You know, sometimes uh, I would deliver episodes like a week and a half, even up to two weeks on on rare occasions after the last one was released, Uh, because basically, I I wouldn't pre-record anything necessarily. I mean, I'd record it, but I'd release it a few hours within finishing it, Uh, and that's just what I did each week. So if something had come up in a week that prevented me from recording it, Um, It wasn't really easy to just get on and and post something that I already recorded. I'd have to dedicate an hour uh, to doing that, which it doesn't sound like a lot of time, but sitting down trying to have a quiet environment and getting all set up can be a little bit, uh, not strenuous, but just complicated, I suppose, sometimes. So I'm happy, though, that we're back on and we're we're ready to go. So a lot has happened, as I mentioned, in gaming um, and just in life in general, so I'm just going to kind of go through some of those things. I'm just, I'm just so happy to be like recording this again. I know it's been, for me, really um, a lot has been going on, I'm sure, for everybody with uh, COVID and stuff. But it's more than COVID. It's just, you know, this year in general um, is pretty frazzle-dazzled. Uh, just lots of stuff happening that's creating a little bit of a turbulence in our lives. So hopefully this podcast can help relieve some of that. And I don't know, you know, like this podcast where you can have people that are... Um, they have like a lot of guests on, which is something that I think would be fun. And there's shows where it's just a set amount of people, like three or four people, uh, that talk about just new developments and you get all these different perspectives. Um, this podcast is just me, so I do take messages and stuff, but I get those pretty rarely, so it's mostly just going to be me talking. Uh, and hopefully that kind of helps everybody out. You know, it's nice to just um, have a podcast where someone's just talking to you, right? Um, I don't know, I like that kind of stuff too. You know, like sometimes I'll try to go to bed and I don't really feel like listening to music to go to bed. I just kind of want someone talking, um, not like crazy or going insane, just kind of talking. I, I don't know. I think there's something that's um, relaxing about that, but also informative if you're actually listening. A uh, bunch of stuff. And so hopefully I'm hitting that chord there, that happy middle ground uh, for you guys. So 
Yeah. Uh, just to let you guys know, I'm going to go into some of the um, uh, personal stuff first, then we'll go into like the news and some of the big stuff that happened, some of my thoughts on it, I guess, and then um, we'll just kind of go from there. Um, but just want to talk about the move because this is fantastic. I don't know if, where people are listening. I know there's some people, like a small portion that live in Europe that are listening, uh, and then there's some people that, I don't know, that are just in different places, like I think, I don't know, maybe Canada. A uh, majority is in the U.S., so that's good, uh, at least for the context of what I'm talking about. They'll be able to understand more clearly because if you're in Europe, you probably, you know, don't really know what Arizona is like unless you visit. Not, it's not really a hot spot for vacationers, so... Uh, yeah, but I basically, Chandler, Arizona, Arizona in general, but um, Chandler specifically, like that Phoenix area, uh, is just desert. Uh, it's just dirt. Any any trees that you see planted out there, for the most part, um, they're all going to be planted exactly that by people. Uh, it's nothing natural out there, and you can, it's a dry heat, they say, which is true. There's not a lot of humidity out there, like ever, uh, but it's so hot. It's so hot all the time. Um, you get a very small portion of the year uh, that it, it kind of cools down. And so basically what you're looking at, a lot of people will tell you, oh, well, you know, you get like the five, four or five months of great weather and, and you only get three months of the intense heat. That's not true at all. Um, intense heat, you know, it's relative, I guess, but anything that's above 95 degrees or at least around that um, is what I consider to be pretty damn hot. Uh, and that's what Chandler is most of the time. Uh, it does cool down for about, not four to five months, about two to three months um, in the wintertime, which is literally like the beginning of December, it starts to cool down. Like even in November, you'll still hit the 90s uh, a lot of the time. So from March roughly to November, okay, that's seven months, it is hot. And around the June, July, August, um, May, June, July, and August, it really gets hot. It gets up, up to 100 degrees this, this year specifically it reached 115 uh, and and higher and there is a point where I believe it was it started out where it was just two weeks right and that broke the record where it was 110 plus every day for two weeks uh, and it just kept going unfortunately so it's it's been like I think up to 119 uh, something like that it was just un bearable and at that point you have to understand your ac is pushing itself your electric bill is climbing and you're still sweating in your chair while you're trying to, trying to enjoy your day especially from working from home it's, it's just a pain because uh, you can't really go outside there's nothing to do um there's dust out there and there's nowhere really to hike you know there's a place called camelback mountain which is just you know dead brushes and ants and you go, oh, you get to the top and like, well, what a beautiful view. And it's just Phoenix and stuff. And it's just like, ugh, it's just, it's a worse LA and LA is still pretty bad. Um, okay. I take that back. It's not a worse LA because LA is just LA, but it's like LA, but less to do. That, that's a more apt description of it. Um, so anyway, I've lived there for 16 years, tired of it. My wife and I, so we moved out to North Carolina, beautiful area. You can smell the trees in the air. Um, it's really just lovely when it rains. It's not like flash flooding. Like, like the desert areas where it's just like nothing and then intense rain for 30 minutes and then gone. Uh, it actually rains just consistently. And it's it's nice because when the rain comes out in Arizona, you smell dirt. But in North Carolina, you smell the trees and, you know, the oak and the everything. And it's just wonderful. We, we hit a couple of trails already. We're going to the zoo this weekend. Oh, it's going to be awesome. That's in, uh, I think, Ashton or something like that. 
Uh, and so it's just really nice and I can't wait to go camping, uh, hit the beach on the East Coast and everything. It's just nice to be settled down. <laughs> um, quick brief overview of the trip. In case you ever go on a road trip, I'll give you the rundown of my impression of the states. Uh, basically from Arizona through New Mexico, it was all the same. It was just desert. New Mexico is probably the most boring state I've ever seen. There's just nothing out there, just period. It's no landmarks or anything crazy. Um, driving through it anyway, and I drove literally through New Mexico, even through like Albuquerque, which was tiny. Albuquerque is tiny. I mean, the city part anyway. It's like we drove through that only took like five, seven minutes. <laughs> we were already out, out of the city. Um, so that, that kind of shattered my expectations because I thought Albuquerque was still going to be pretty cool. Um, and I really wish I had the time to visit the uh, Breaking Bad stuff because I'm a big Breaking Bad fan, but they didn't, you know, we couldn't really make any detours. So I just kind of drive through and that was boring. Uh, and that was the first day. We landed in Amarillo, Texas, which is at the top uh, that night of the first day. Uh, so that was when everything started getting pretty, though, because in the morning when you left, Texas is just lovely. It is just gorgeous. It was, it was so lovely that it was almost surreal. It was like therapeutic. Driving out of Amarillo, it's just these, these just endless hills of just um, not green grass, but like a light whitish with like a, a much much more lighter green uh kind of drizzled throughout right and just endless just forever you can see it waving hills uh, and of course you see these giant like wooden crosses out in those hills and you know driving through that the road was pretty empty too it wasn't even a whole lot of trucks no cars uh it just felt really nice and uh, that's when everything started to get more green because once you leave texas um, oh shoot, what's after Oklahoma? Yeah, you go into Oklahoma, and Oklahoma is like Texas, where you can see those like countless hills. Uh, but instead, it's it's all green, and there's like groups of trees. It's not like forests where it's just a bunch of trees all together. It's just groups of trees, like islands, spread throughout those hills. Um, very green. And for me, that was when everything started to get really happy because I wasn't just looking at dirt. Um, you actually saw life and stuff, and gas prices are super cheap super cheap it's all a lie that Arizona's cheap because it's gotten more expensive since the Californians have moved over from you know SoCal and have been raising the prices they're they're trying to turn the state uh, blue with all of the uh, policies and stuff so all of the prices are going to be inevitably raising and taxes and stuff hopefully not but uh, that's what it seems to be going towards so anyway it's too much um the rent we were actually paying there was 1400 they're raising it to 1900 and it's it's a great apartment but no way jose and that's chandler that's not even like phoenix phoenix this is like a one of the surrounding cities of phoenix so um gas was like 250 almost and it was like what in oklahoma 190 so awesome awesome save so much money than what we thought we'd be paying in gas on the trip um, so Oklahoma was great. The, Oklahoma and Texas were a couple of my favorites, uh, but my hands down my favorite one uh, was after Oklahoma. You know, you kind of go through um, Arkansas, uh, and then you go into um, Tennessee, uh, and Tennessee was the best. From Tennessee to North Carolina was the best part of the trip because Tennessee is like wet green. So you know, <laughs> it's not just like green; it's like wet. So when you're driving through, everything's super dense it's really deep greens and everything too because there's so much life coming out of everything and there's trees that you see that are just like just the the, tr the leaves around it are like climbing up it like wrapping around the tree uh, almost like it's wearing a coat 
Uh, it's just lovely. It's just nice. It's it's breathtaking. Um, we actually ran into a, a storm that was uh, going on in the middle of a road that was uh, not lit. So it was storming and there was fog and it was like a two to three lane highway thing that kept curving and I was just so scared that I'm like gonna like spit out or or something but I, I was still getting radio and so I kind of did that too I went through like the radio stations throughout the country because um, I think that's neat to go through and hear like this is Albuquerque ABQ and then go into another place like okay Oklahoma you know it's, it's weird all in a day but um yeah so you went through all of that and then we finally got to North Carolina uh, which is, of course, lovely itself. But I think that over time, you know, we'll start getting used to it, find out where everything is. So, of course, there's that transitionary period where everything's kind of, you don't know where things are or what the best restaurants are or what the best trails are or, you know, what's what. So we've already kind of gotten a feel for it, but I'm excited uh, over time to kind of call this, you know, our home and, and find the different places that we can explore and and really get to know. Um, there's weird stuff here, though. In case you didn't know, like North Carolina is super duper different in terms of the little things than Arizona. So generally, you know, a lot of the same stuff in terms of laws and whatnot. But if you're looking for, like, we we went out to because I, I I've stopped drinking as much, which is good because COVID when that first started, I was just kind of bored. Um, so I find myself drinking a lot, which you know is just unhealthy for you. I wouldn't say I was an alcoholic. I kind of joked about that. Um, but obviously that was just me being facetious, but, um, you know, it's, it's different here. Uh, you can go out in Arizona and I think California, even, uh, basically Southwest and you can go and get like a thing of tequila, you know, at like 2am at Walmart, um, whiskey, uh, vodka, rum, all that stuff. Um, they all over North Carolina, we didn't know this all over North Carolina, you cannot buy liquor from places like that, like Walmart or like Total Wine and More. You can't get that. You can only get like beer and stuff. Uh, so in order to get liquor, you actually have to go to a liquor store. And because of uh, COVID, they used to be up to 2 a.m., but now they're, they close at like 9 p.m. So um, yeah, you can't you can't wake up middle of the night here and go, I'm going to go get a thing around. No, nope, not possible. So uh, we were joking about that because we had Total Wine and More. I just decided to get some wine. Um, you know, just to have through the, the next couple weeks, kind of sip over. And the guy that we were talking to there, we were explaining this to him. And he said, I've been in North Carolina for 30 years. I would never move back to Ohio. I love it here. But there's just, quote, unquote, weird shit <laughs> that you're just going to have to get used to um, that's different. Um, so I think that's the best thing that I would explain it. There's just little things you come across where it's like, that's weird, you know. <laughs> so... Um, but yeah, that's the trip, the, the short version anyway. I know I've been talking for a little bit, like 15 minutes, but that's basically uh, just the, the description of it. I felt since, you know, I've come back and it's been a while, just wanted to give you guys a little personal insight into my life. The apartment we're in right now is fantastic. It's a beautiful balcony. It's very large. Um, it's just lovely. This is this place. I'm really enjoying it so far. Humidity doesn't bother me either. Long story short, everyone said that bothered me. It's, I can barely notice it. Uh, but yeah, so into gaming. Let's go ahead and jump into that. I'm gonna go ahead and talk about everything that's been going on. By the way, if you guys hear some background noises, uh, you know, my dog's here and it's very quiet here because most of the surrounding area absorbs the noise. Um, so any noises in my apartment, uh, you're going to hear like my dog if he gets excited because you know, there's a lot of, a lot of critters and stuff going outside he gets really excited about. 
uh, and of course kids playing outside. I'm on the third floor though, which is really great. Third floor technically, it's the second, but it's kind of on a hill. Um, so thankfully we're further away from that. Um, but yeah, a lot of the sound is being absorbed by the carpet and stuff. Thank God this place has carpet in this room because the echo for your previous episodes was bugging the hell out of me. Um, but you don't have to deal with that here. So let's go ahead and jump in. You can just listen to my lovely voice straight into the microphone, at least relatively, uh, instead of hearing it bounced around 30 times. And one of the first things we're going to talk about is, of course, the new consoles, which is, I feel, ironic since, you know, that's one of the things I've been talking about quite a bit. And here I am trying to find some uh, other content to talk about. And, of course, it's in the same category. Uh, so we've gotten some more information on the, the next generation of Xboxes, which is basically all the information that we're going to find out, at least in terms of the major stuff, uh, for the Xbox Series X. And, of course, recently announced the Xbox Series S. Uh, everyone knew this was happening. Everyone knew that Microsoft was going to do their, their main line, like the the main chugger, you know, the one that carries all the weight for the, the power and, and plays discs and everything, because they did the same strategy with the Xbox One X and S. Uh, one's cheaper, um, digital only, uh, at least one of the Xbox One S's were in last gen. They're still kind of experimenting with it. And then the other one is much more powerful. It's disc based. Um, you know, it could do 4K, 60 frames, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And this is the strategy we're seeing here. So the Xbox Series S is a tiny console. I mean, I just, it's blowing my mind, like how well Microsoft is handling this in terms of a technical perspective and also just a pricing perspective. Um, they're just doing really good business. And, I, and this is kind of how it goes. This is what I've talked about before, where what companies do in gaming anyway with consoles is you, you get that five to seven year period of a generation, right? And usually one company is dominant in it. And then the other one kind of falls down. And then, you know, because all their friends play on one console. And so they get that one and maybe get the other one down the road or whatever. And it usually recovers by the end of the generation. Um, but one usually starts off on a better foot. That was PlayStation, um, this last generation, the eighth generation with the PS4. And so now what we're seeing in the ninth gen is Xbox doing everything they can to do better. And that's the great thing about the free market, about capitalism, is that you get Microsoft going, well, we have to do better to keep our business uh, in the gaming scene. So what we're going to do is just make some changes. Uh, and these changes have been <laughs> phenomenal over the last few years. I mean, they've really done a great job with backwards compatibility, pricing, Game Pass, um, just generally consumer-friendly decisions. Uh, and so the Xbox Series S is only $299, okay? And it's it's on par, I'd say, with the, the Xbox One X. Just, you know, there's some things that are better, some things that are a little bit worse. Um, so roughly speaking, it's around the same thing. Xbox One X is like $500, okay? I think they've recently brought it down to four. Um, in some places, you could probably get it for that. But it's still pretty pricey. And even then, if they brought it down to three, you can get the Series S and still get more out of it, um, besides discs, I suppose, than you could get with the One X. So it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, so the Series S is about the size of, when I say it's tiny, I mean, the controller is literally almost like half the size of the console. The console is about roughly the size of, like, I would say, um, kind of like a... How do I explain? It's like a Cheez-Its box, just a little bit smaller. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just like you could, you can hold it with like one hand, and you're holding like half the console. That's that's how big it is. I just don't get it. This is a black magic to me. How they can work that hardware into their 
so well. Um, it kind of looks like a speaker too, if you see it, because it's like if you stand it upright, it's got that giant ring, that circle with um, the holes in it. That's the vent, uh, and it, it's just black, and the rest is white, and it kind of looks like I don't know a speaker. You get two of those, put them up, totally confuse somebody. Um, so it's all digital, so you can't put in discs or anything. Comes with I think about five hundred, five to six hundred, somewhere in between that gigabytes of an SSD. Uh, runs on the same CPU that the Series X does uh, with a quote-unquote reduced GPU. So the target is 1080p and 1440p at 60 frames, right? Um, which is just, again, crazy <laughs> that you can do that in such a thing. So it's like a budget, cheap, cheap budget computer. Um, and, and that obviously includes the controller itself. So the console, they're selling it at a loss. They have to be. There's no way that that console alone is $230, $240. That's just impossible. But I think they know that. I think that what they're doing is they're getting people in. And then with Game Pass, um, which now includes EA Access, uh, so you get a whole new catalog of EA games for free. It doesn't have any additional charge with Game Pass. Uh, I think that's where they're going to get their money back because everyone loves Game Pass for a good reason. It's a great service. Um, and I think Microsoft is going to continue in that direction, uh, but still offer people that, you know, like the iPhone Pro, same thing here. You're going to get that Pro model, the Series X, uh, in case you wanted to pursue it. So that's really exciting. Uh, that's also confirmed uh, to be coming out in November. I think late November, if I remember correctly, uh, but we'll have to double check on that. And then, of course, uh, moving forward with the news, we do have some stuff about <laughs> Mario which again, it just it's it's kind of upsetting because Mario is like um, how do how do I explain it? It's it's they they've been they make good decisions Nintendo with their games, but for some reason they won't make my Paper Mario series back to to its its gold standard, the Thousand Year Door. They won't learn from that. They won't remaster it or do anything special. Um, I suppose it's still good though because they have um, confirmed that they're remastering. Uh, Super Mario 64, Super Mario Sunshine, and Super Mario Galaxy for the Switch, uh, which is great. I mean, you haven't gotten Super Mario 64 remastered or redone beside the DS version, uh, which you had to play with just the D-pad, and there wasn't any stick um, for, what, 24 years? So it's great that they're doing that. I mean, I'm really excited to see people get to play that game um, in a higher fidelity as it was, and also... Um, with a stick <laughs> that works, not a Nintendo stick or anything. Of course, if you have an emulator, it doesn't really matter because you can play it in 1080p with an Xbox controller. So we've been doing this for years, Nintendo. Just just put it on PC. All right. Uh, and then the next information here that we're going over is uh, they're making another Lord of the Rings game. Um, it's it's called Lord of the, the Lord of the Rings Gollum, which is like a, a Prince of Persia kind of stealth game. And so what that it means is that it's basically going to be a third person uh, stealth game where you hide from people you can possibly take some people out but it's more like Dishonored or like Deus Ex where it incentivizes being stealthy we haven't really got a whole lot about the game but I don't think anyone expected a Lord of the Rings Gollum game to come out you know and you know I, I don't know because like there's so many things with Lord of the Rings that I think that they could do which would be cool but Gollum was one of the, the last things that I would expect them to release which I guess is a good thing because I like when companies do things different you know like I don't think there's a target audience for Gollum you know I don't think there's like people are like give us the Gollum game we want to play as Gollum like he's our favorite character so 
That's, that's cool, though. I, I like that they're doing that because I think that unique experiences like that um, do well. And, of course, it's a risk. And when you take risks, you, you take um, it's these creative decisions that normally wouldn't be made and put them into something with, with a decent budget. Uh, basically what that means. You're, you're putting a risk out there. You're spending more money on something that you're not entirely sure if you're going to get all the money back on. Um, but I think that a lot of people like that. I think that it's like a silent majority type of thing where, you know, people aren't going to get online and, and you're not going to hear the majority of people um, complaining that they want like a golem game or something. Um, but there are a lot of people that would buy it and I'm sure will buy it. Uh, so I'm excited to see kind of how that goes along. We haven't really gotten anything besides like a CG trailer kind of showing off what it's supposed to be. I think a couple of screenshots. So not really a whole much to talk about there, but I just wanted to bring that up because I think that's cool. I'm definitely always like when people do something different. And uh, the next, oh yeah, we haven't. Okay, so I love Halo. Um, I was religious about Halo when I was a kid. And I mean, literally from the year 2003, 2004, when I started getting into it, uh, all the way up until like 2010, uh, I was just Halo, Halo, Halo. You know, um, that was my life. So Halo 1, 2, and 3... I just played constantly, and then ODST played a bit, and I kind of fell off with Reach. I played it um, a fair amount, but I just wasn't huge on it because they made some changes that I just wasn't fond of at the time. Um, then there's some other games coming out that I was more distracted with, and that's kind of when I fell off Halo um, in terms of like being religious about it. Um, but the big thing is that Halo Infinite finally got its um, gameplay trailer, and Halo Infinite is basically the it's it's the it's the wrapping up of Halo 4343 for now. Um, they're they're going to be sticking with this game for a while. They've talked about a 10-year plan. I don't know if that's the best idea, but I think I think that a break might also be good for them. Um, they've taken quite a big break from 5 to now. I think it's been four or five years. Um, and so with this one coming out, it's going to be just a, a big deal. So people's hype and expectations of it were, were growing. Uh, and when they released the gameplay trailer, there was some controversial opinions about it. Uh, and some of those opinions will kind of gloss over. The biggest thing is that it didn't look good visually, is what people say. It, it just looks last gen, um, which I agree and I disagree with. There's certain things that look unfinished. Um, there's like the Phantoms, which are some of the vehicles, the flying vehicles for the Covenant, the alien race in Halo that you'll see flying over that look just awful, right? They look like abysmal. Um, but then there's other things like Chief himself or some of the weapon models or vehicles and, and stuff that look really polished and, and clean, crisp. And I think that that's what they're going for is a more simplified look, um, focusing more on like a, a brighter color palette um, with enemies that are a little bit more identifiable because um, the big thing about three for three halos like four five and um i believe they did when they did the halo 2 anniversary uh remaster you can kind of see it there too not as much they did better with that but it's just very very glossy and bright and, and everything sounds like metal like tanks and and just uh, what, what's the word just as bulky yeah everything sounded overly bulky and it just didn't feel like Halo. Um, so I think what they're doing is they're listening to people. The music clearly is taking much more inspiration from Marty O'Donnell's soundtrack in, in 1, 2, and 3. Um, that classic Halo score. 
Uh, and I think they're doing things well. And I think that the visuals aren't really a huge concern for me. They might be for some people, but regardless, I think everybody was disappointed when it got delayed uh, to 2021. It was originally going to be a Xbox Series X um, launch title. And unfortunately, it got pushed back to 2021. I'm really proud of Microsoft for allowing them to do that instead of finishing, or rather not finishing, but rushing out a project um, earlier than it's finished on launch day and it just being bad. When in 2021? Nobody knows. I'm going to take a wild guess and say probably spring. Spring or summer. Summer at the latest. They're not going to push it back to, to November. I think they just wanted to wrap some stuff up and, and touch it up visually. So we're going to go ahead and just kind of keep our ears open for that. Good news is, is well, this, is, this isn't really good news. It's, it's, it's not bad news, but it's somewhat interesting. It's interesting. I don't know what my thoughts are on it yet because I'm kind of divided myself internally. Um, but they confirmed two things. It's 120 frames on the Series X. Great. Um, you'll probably want to plug that into a computer monitor because most televisions don't have that refresh rate, so you're not going to get anything out of it. Uh, and second, the multiplayer will be completely free-to-play. Very, very interesting. Never never has there been a, a Halo that's free-to-play besides a cancelled Russian project, right? It's all been in the package, 60 bucks, you buy the game, you've got the multiplayer in it if you want to play. Uh, so it's a little bit interesting uh, how they're going to approach that in terms of a monetary aspect. Are they going to do microtransactions? Um, is a story content going to be what keeps the money flowing so does that mean that or maybe even bulk where there's not going to be as many microtransactions or at least not done as aggressively because they have money coming in from the story content that they're going to add on over that 10 years which is what they've talked about who knows but uh, my opinions on the the halo infinite uh, gameplay was that it looked great i didn't have a problem with it i think the shooting looks fantastic i'm excited to see it um in different areas, some of the different places that you'll go in the ring. I want to see how big the world is, some of the different interactions, and because I've been playing a lot of Metro Exodus, which is a semi-open world game, you basically get two or three hub worlds, right, which are not endless, but they're they're fairly large, and it, so that you can approach each situation differently. You don't just go to one area through one hallway, right, because if that makes sense. It's not linear. Um, there's like bases of things, and you can explore them or, or not explore them. You can just stick to the main story. Uh, but if you decide to explore them, you can decide how you want to explore them, whether you want to kill the people or just take them out silently or just not even be noticed at all. Um, I think that's great. I think that Metro Exodus, um, along with a couple other open worlds, but I think that Exodus really nailed it, uh, the sandbox world and how to not make it feel like a grind fest chore where you have to go and collect, oh, there's a hundred random, I don't know, shoestrings that we put in the world map. Go find them. Or, oh, there's these, these places you clear out with enemies, and when you clear out these camps, it'll give you some experience points that you can get to jump 3% higher. And just like that that just garbage filler um, that nobody likes, uh, I feel like Exodus found how to do a sandbox world really well. And there's a lot of design elements that I really hope that 343 takes inspiration from, or, or they're doing their research on how to make it not feel like Assassin's Creed or Far Cry. Uh, and, and do it right because Halo is a game that you don't want to fall down that path, that destiny path, um, where you're a worse destiny. You know, you want Halo to have its own identity, and when you start copying people in a way that it's not genuine, like you're not taking inspiration, you're just kind of you're you're cutting out their homework and then gluing it to yours. <laughs> you know, it's like that. That's not good. 
it can end up really bad and feel really uninspired. So hopefully it's not the route that it takes, but I think that I'm pretty hopeful on it and I'm excited to see how it comes along in 2021. Um, but yeah, that's for Halo. Um, the other information I want there's some other stuff about Call of Duty. Um, I'm gonna touch over a couple of these real quick because I'm not really, there's not really much to talk about. Um, there is, but I think that what we're gonna do here is we're going to do possibly an episode on uh, this subject further down the road, hopefully soon, which is censorship, folks. Censorship and um, changing things and, and political agendas and games and a bunch of that stuff. It's it, it's basically, it's, it's tied into the same subject. They're both one of the same of games as art and, and making a statement in terms of political perspective, right? It's, it's which one is it? You know, is it a product? Is, is it just trying to use ethics and, and morals as a selling point? Uh, or is it art that, that speaks on a, on a whole nother level um, about the general rules of, let's just say, ethics or morals or people or whatever, right? Um, which one is it? So I think that it's, it's, a, it's definitely an issue that is, is hard to discuss because at the end of the day, art is subjective, right? And so you can have something that, I don't know, um, there, there's a mission about like JFK, right? And JFK gets shot and you figure out that it's this guy that did it, XYZ Corporation that paid him to do it. And, you know, you can have that. And then some people can take that away as art, as saying, you know, it's, it's provoking the, the ideas of like, trust and loyalty and nationalism and then other people can say well it's political it's making a statement um about uh how jfk was innocent and um how the government at that time was corrupt and how you should not trust your government today and it's like telling you what to do with your ethics and don't trust this and trust that and remember this always and stuff but at the end of the day the people say it's neither um, the company's just trying to sell something to you and they're abusing your 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 rules of, of life, right? Your your principles, uh, and using it, they're exploiting it to sell something to you. Um, and it's it's a whole complicated discussion. Um, so at the end of the day, you can't really settle on what it is, but you could certainly say that it leans towards one thing more than the other. Uh, and in this case, um, the news article that I read that basically provoked a lot of this was the, the Call of Duty trailer, the new one anyway, uh, which is set in the Cold War, which I think is great. I think the Cold War is super interesting in a lot of ways. A lot of people think it never really ended, uh, you know, with, you know, shadow, like spy people, like hiding between governments and societies and leaking secrets and trying to figure things out from the other country and dominance in the background that people like us see is just everyday life. Etc. Etc. It's really interesting. I think um, a lot of movies and games have explored that, and I think that more of it is just cool. Um, but what happened with the trailer for the new Call of Duty, which is called I think Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, which is a ridiculous title, just call it Call of Duty Cold War or something, because I know Black Ops is a recognizable name, but so is Call of Duty. You know, nudge nudge, kind of the. The whole point. So I think when with falling back on Black Ops and Modern Warfare is just the only games you're making, people are going to get pretty tired of that. Uh, but they had Tiananmen Square footage in the trailer, and the original tagline was, uh, those who do not remember history are doomed to repeat it, something that I really think is a cool saying. My dad always used to tell it to me when I was a kid. 
uh, and you can certainly see it. I think that we're doomed to repeat history no matter what. <laughs> uh, so that's, again, a whole other discussion. But um, anyway, they removed the Tiananmen Square footage for China because China was offended by it. Because if you don't know, Tiananmen Square was an event where China basically murdered a bunch of their own citizens, I think like thousands, uh, really brutally. Like, we're not talking, like, arrested them or shot them. They, like, ran them over with tanks. So, ugh. Tough, tough thing, right? But um, they, they removed that for China, and, they, and people call them out for it being ironic because the whole point is if you do not remember history, you're doomed to repeat it, and then they remove footage of history because China got mad. So not good. Um, the, some of the, It's not really a big controversy that people are going to talk about for a long time. This was like a week or two ago, uh, a couple weeks ago. But still notable to talk about. I feel just because of the fact that um, it brings up that discussion that I had formally mentioned with, uh, you know, censorship and, you know, what is the game? What is a game? You know, what's the motivation? Is it, uh, is it inspiration? Is it, is it to tell a story? Is it art, right? Uh, or is it just a product? Um, is, it, is it like a target audience thing? Is it trying to sell you something? Um, and I think that Call of Duty, which uh, doesn't have a whole lot of artistic, I guess, elements to it i mean again subjective but right it's not like it's not like shadow of the colossus or like the original deus ex or like system shock 2 or like last of us right which is where they're trying to they're trying to be profound right they're trying to speak to you i think call of duty is obviously just meant to have fun and have maybe like a cool story uh that has some set pieces you can go through um ironically anyway my point being is that it has a really profound element to it uh, has a really profound discussion that you can have about what is a game. Is it a product? Is it a piece of art? What's the point of the story? Is it trying to tell me a story? Uh, and once you start asking yourself these questions and identify it, um, you can use that as a template for other games that you're playing and really delve into what is the game and what makes a good game. Is it the story it tells or is it how little bugs there are? You know, um, Really interesting stuff and that's something that I often think about. So I think that was noteworthy bringing up and of course I'm <laughs> talking about games as business and as uh, products Fortnite has been having a, a lot of problems lately as a product um, Epic Games owns Fortnite in case you didn't know and Epic also has a lot of um, what's the word stubborn policies stubborn decision-making and, and motivations for their games. They want to be top dog in terms of the, the game studio company. They, they started their own software uh, sales front with Epic Game Store, and they bought up a bunch of studios, and they're, they're trying to get big uh, because Fortnite money on Fortnite blew up super huge. Uh, so Fortnite was pulled from Apple's App Store um, like entirely, and it just, they went further with that, and I think they got rid of um, just like Epic stuff in general something like that more than just fortnite but you can still i think download games that run on the unreal engine which is epic too so we'll see kind of where everything goes but as pulled basically what happened was they broke apple's policy where you can't have in-game currency that people buy um, you have to make purchases through apple um because they it's it's a whole money thing apple wants the money um Epic wants the money, which is why they make people buy their own in-game currency. Um, and Apple will say, oh, well, we don't want people, um, you know, to buy something from us to them and then not be able to get a refund from us because that company wronged them or whatever, etc. Uh, 
So yeah, it's, it's a whole bunch of stuff. But regardless, it's costing them quite a bit. I think they lost about 60% of their mobile user base um, because it's off iPhone. It lost them millions of dollars. Is that a big dent in Epic? Probably not, but it's still notable. And right now they're duking it out in court. Uh, and, and then it, again, it brings up a lot of that discussion of kind of who's the good guy, who's the bad guy. Are they both bad guys? <laughs> Who do you want to win? What's going to come out of this? Uh, Microsoft and a couple other companies even threw their hat in the ring and made some comments about Apple and their, their difficulties with working with them. Um, I think, I don't know, I don't really care. You know, I don't really play mobile games that often. Um, I don't know why anyone would. Uh, it's just not fun. It destroys your phone's battery percentage. I think kids probably are the, the main people that do that. Uh, very little times where I feel like playing a game on mobile. You know, if I'm, if I'm on like a train, which I never am, or maybe even a plane, barely, which, again, anyway, you can, I think, find better things to do. I don't think if you're on a plane trip that playing a game for four hours is really going to be the best use of your time. Because um, there's not really a whole lot of mobile games that are really worth playing for four hours straight on your phone where you can't usually charge it. I don't know. I've been flying for a long time, so <laughs> maybe you can. Uh, but that's a whole bunch of stuff uh, that's going on with Fortnite. So, interesting to see. That was, that was actually you know, quite a while ago. It was almost a month ago. And uh, it's still the same old story. Nothing's really been resolved. Um, Apple basically told Epic that they're going to quote-unquote terminate all their development accounts and cut off Epic from iOS and Mac development tools. Uh, that was at the end of August. So, yeah, they're, they're mad at each other. Uh, and it's getting kind of crazy. My, my personal perspective is, again, I don't really care that much. I'm fairly indifferent to it. But if anything, I think Epic is good for competition for for online development fronts and um you know selling stuff on their, their game store i think they're a good competition to steam uh, their unreal engine is great uh, but at the same time i do like apple kind of putting them in their place sometimes because i think that they're a little bit egregious with some of their microtransaction stuff and, and some of their bad business decisions uh, tencent's also involved with them which is a chinese investment company and they're bad news you just don't want to be involved with a Chinese investment studio because they'll want you to make decisions uh, and you will make decisions usually if you're a company to appease your investors and that's usually bad for us American or European consumers um, because you know we, we usually write on different rules in terms of um, what we can see what we're allowed to see uh, and again falls back to censorship so don't want that uh, and then the last thing I wanted to talk about which isn't really a big thing for me but it's a big thing for everyone else is Fall Guys. If you've heard of this, which I'm sure you probably have if you pay attention to some of the gaming news, but if you haven't, it's basically a independent game that came out recently that a lot of people are losing their minds about. Um, it's it's It implements ideas from Battle Royale um, and Mario Party. It's like a Mario Party Battle Royale, if that makes sense, where people get eliminated per round after going through like some fun mini-games and Kind of like Crash Courses, like have you ever seen Ninja Warrior, you know, where they, they run on all those like foam things and they try to like swing on ropes and jump from the walls each side to side and do all this crazy stuff. It's kind of similar to that, um, but with a group of players in like, I think the 60s or 70s, somewhere around that many players, all at once trying to push around each other and get through it uh, with just one person coming out on top. And I think that's fun. I like that because it's all right there. You're doing things right away. Um, if you get killed, it's kind of your fault for the most part, uh, from my understanding. Instead of running around a giant map like Call of Duty or Fortnite or P 
PUBG where you're just doing nothing for 40 minutes, you get shot and die, and that's it. It's very long and monotonous and somewhat boring. Um, so it has been overly successful. Not overly. That makes it, like, it sound, sounds like I'm patronizing it um, or saying that it's, it's overrated. Um, it's, it's certainly not from my understanding. Again, I haven't played it, but basically it's made by, again, an independent studio, and their servers were not expecting that pe that many people. That's how successful it was. When it launched and people started picking up on it, there were so many people that servers were crashing, they couldn't hold it, you had to wait in like matchmaking forever um, because there was um, 2 million copies sold in a week, in the first week uh, of Fall Guys. Uh, so keep that in mind, this is independent studios. So 2 million people, um, roughly, right? Let's just say one to two, somewhere in that number, trying to play at once uh, is a lot for them to handle and in fact Fall Guys um, I think as of um, like a couple weeks ago was the most downloaded PlayStation Plus game of all time globally uh, so <laughs> no one expects these things these things just happen uh, in gaming where something crazy will just come out and just blow up and everybody's like all into it um, it's different from movies because they didn't even really market this game that much it just kind of came out of nowhere and then here it is boom boom everything's Happened at once, everyone's playing it, everyone's talking about it, you're seeing all these YouTubers going on and playing it, uh, and making it look like, like, crack, you know, they're just, like, playing all these sounds and laughing and shouting in your face with subtitles blowing up on the screen. Um, and that's what gets people hooked. All the kids start jumping in and having a good time. So I'm very happy for that studio. Um, hopefully they, they kind of use that money for good and, and do more with the game and maybe even have a chance at creating some more fun stuff in the future, because I think that that's a really neat concept when I heard it. Um, hadn't really heard anything like that before. Um, I'm still kind of in the camp that Battle Royale, specifically, I think, is, you know, kind of a fad that'll pass over in the next couple years. It's been a couple years already. I think we're at that midpoint where, after a while, people are just going to kind of move on from it being the biggest thing. But I think that when you twist it and you, you kind of use it as, as more of a topping rather than the main recipe, the main part of the recipe, I think that you can do really well with it if it's an ingredient, not the whole dang thing. Um, so that's great, really happy for Fall Guys. Um, it's like Digital Revolver, I think are the people that actually um, produce that or, or develop it. So really excited about them. Uh, in regards of the uh, news, that's basically it, by the way. Uh, I've gone through most of the big things that you've uh, been able to hear about or have heard about, and those are my opinions on them. Uh, that, that's kind of the show too that you'll hear here is just kind of, um, me talking about it, of course. So if you don't know and you want to keep up with the news, of course you can just listen if you're more casual about it. But certainly if you're into games and you're listening to a podcast about them, you probably heard the news already. So the idea is to give you my perspective on it and to talk about it and, I don't know, just have someone to talk to. You know, that's me. I love talking, so at least conversation anyway. Um, sometimes too much. <laughs> sometimes it's a problem. Um, but I try to be pretty good about that. So yeah, I'm really happy to be back, and that's um, that's a wrap for all the news and the personal stuff with the North Carolina thing uh, happening. So if you guys want to take a listen, um, I'm available on other platforms as well. Most of you are probably listening to me on Spotify. That's usually where I listen to um, any podcasts if I decide to. If, if not, uh, this is Joe Rogan on, I think, Apple uh, Apple Podcasts, which I think I'm available on that as well. So if you wanted to take a look at that, uh, I'm hosting this from Anchor. The wonderful people at Anchor allow me to do this for free. 
I um, don't have any ads because you know I'm not making any money off of this so I'm not gonna ask you guys to contribute or pay anything for me um, just take a listen when you want to and of course you can always add me on stuff talk to me um, I'm thinking about making a discord honestly just because you know I, I can tell people to send me messages and stuff but or ask me questions but there's not really a direct source I don't like email I think it's a little bit too slow and kind of cluttered I think a Discord would probably be the best way to go about things. Um, so more news on that next episode. But for now, thanks for tuning in. Happy to be back. Welcome back. And until I catch you next time, Alpha Vita Sen. See you next week. We will meet again. <laughs>